inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, and thanks for joining today. Today's guest is Arthur Samuel Joseph, founder and chairman of the Vocal Awareness Institute. Arthur is widely recognized as one of the world's foremost communication strategists and authorities on the human voice. His voice and leadership training program, Vocal Awareness, teaches communication mastery through a disciplined regime of specific techniques designed to cultivate an embodied and enhanced leadership presence and personal presence. He has coached Angelina Jolie, Sean Connery, Tony Robbins, Stephen Covey, Jerry Price, Karim Abdul-Jabbar, and many more. Hello, Arthur. Hello, Oscar. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. How are you? Very good. I'm really happy to talk with you because as I told you just a few minutes ago, we were chatting a little bit that I had watched your TEDx talk that you had, I think, around one year ago. Mm-hmm. And I was truly impressed with that. I, I really like it. So it's really uh, having a great time to, to be talking with you today. Well, thank you. I mean, it's a joy to be here. And all, all the way from Finland. Oh, yes. <laughs> Another intercontinental uh, conversation. <laughs> yes. Amazing. I know you yesterday, have a, I, yes? yesterday I was meeting with somebody in Qatar and in Beijing, and wow. now it's Finland. Amazing. Oh, so you are pretty used to that, to, to talk with people from everywhere. <laughs> yes. About 70% of my work actually is in virtual all over the world. Okay. Well, excellent. So all continents can uh, benefit with your uh, expertise. and, and Exactly. <laughs> Fabulous. I know that you have long experience uh, teaching, coaching people. Yes, this is my 54th year-created vocal awareness, Oscar. And the basic foundation is that voice is power. And that when you own your voice, you own your power. And many elements of vocal awareness are actually trademarked. And one of the trademarked elements is empowerment through voice. And what we'll speak a bit about today is fundamental to everything that I teach, what I call communication mastery, also trademark. Mm-hmm. And I share the trademarked imprint because the trademark copyright office recognizes the that vocal awareness is a paradigm shift. And there's its original thought, which is why they allow me to have these various trademarks. And I'm a classical singer by training, Oscar. I have a master's in voice, as you may know. And I trained numbers, great numbers of elite athletes. Mm -hmm. And I say to every athlete in the first lesson, you bring the talent to your sport, but someone literally teaches you every single thing you do. Mm-hmm. I use that example because 
in life who teaches us to be ourselves. In, in the arts and athletics, one truly is in mastery in a skill set. Yes. But then when we leave the stage or we leave the court or the field, we're no longer in mastery. We're just being mm. normal people. But in vocal awareness, there is no off switch. And mastery in any discipline is only achieved when you integrate mind, body, spirit. It isn't just great biomechanics. There are rituals that athlete has before they compete. That performer in the wings it has a spiritual ritual before they walk out. So I apply these same principles to life, to business context, whether I'm teaching at Deloitte or mm -hmm. Ernst & Young or recently teaching one of my clients who became a U.S. senator. We employ the same mind-body-spirit principles because it's the integrity of the work. Mm -hmm. And as you, it's interesting that you mentioned the the athletes. No, they are very skillful at something extremely specific. No, their, their sports. They pick one sport. They are really good at that, and probably really bad at other sports. And and why a uh, why why an athlete needs uh, needs to be coached in voice, for instance? Ask me that again. Why do athletes need to be with need to be coached in in voice? Well, they understand, and I share with them, that voice is earning power. And that mm -hmm. during their career, or once they retire, they retire, they're 32, 35, 38. These oh. are young men and women. Yes. With many, many years of earning power available to them. But most of them do not know how to communicate well. Mm. And so we... I enable them to do that. We work on the sound of their voice, their words, their, their accents, their, their brand. Many of them want to become broadcasters. Yes. So I, I support them in becoming broadcasters. And I, when many of them are inducted in, into the Hall of Fame and I write a number of their speeches with mm. them and help them perform them, And so it enhances every single thing they do. And that's ostensibly why. Yeah, it is true, actually. It's very interesting. Uh, before, you, you told me this. It, I didn't think of that, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's a lot of um, uh, what athletes, as any, anybody else, any other professional, can, can learn about voice. And yes, I, I teach people. We don't realize how much work it takes to be ourselves, mm. Oscar, while others watch. And so, and we don't realize the subtleties in, in mastery. The, the mastery lies in the subtlety of the experience. And we don't notice in communication, in voice, for example, I say to you right now, Oscar, it's really nice being on your show today. Thank you so much for having me on. Versus, Oscar, it's really nice being on your show today. Thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> Now, we don't realize, we, we know that the first version is inauthentic. We don't trust that man. I don't believe him. But we don't know why. We don't know why the second one is more trustworthy, more authentic. 
when in point of fact, all I did the first time was speak too high in pitch and speak too fast. Hmm. All I did the second time was breathe, slow down, and my pitch lowered. But you don't get that. All you get is I don't believe or I do. Yeah, just a kind of some bad bad feeling. You don't I don't trust that that's it. Right. Mm. So I because I teach empowerment through voice, I teach us how to be who we are, not present who we are. And something as subtle as if I ask you, Oscar, to this up sit up and all your, your listeners, sit up nice and tall, sit at attention. Tell me when you've played, when you've done that, please, Oscar. Sit at attention. And you notice you hold your breath. <laughs> yes. Now if I say, Oscar, don't sit at attention. Instead, feel a thread pull from three inches below your navel, right up to the top of your head, taller and taller, and help it, it use it to help you embody a man of stature to all your listeners. Use it to help you embody men and women of stature, feeling extraordinary about who you are. And when I ask you to be in stature, you notice the first thing you just did was inhale. And your internal and external space are quieter. Is that correct, Oscar? Yeah, it feels different, yes. Yes. And so... Then if I ask you, within yourself, not allowed, to either say thank you to God, thank you to Source, or merely embrace the concept of a deep thank you, would you do that internally, please? Mm -hmm. Yes, And whatever, whatever version you chose, again, the first thing your body just did was inhale. Mm. Am I correct? Yeah, correct. And so these are principles, rituals. And then if I say to you, can just relax, just kick back and relax, and let me know when you're relaxed, and forget all this stature schmatcher nonsense, Oscar, just relax. Now, sit in stature again, please. And I ask, of course, everybody who is listening to do the same. Turn off your left brain and don't try to intellectually figure this out. Just hear the words, love and let go. Just feel what it might be like to love and let go. Just hear those words. And once again, you inhaled. Do you notice that, Oscar? Mm -hmm. Now, why is this breathing so important? I ask you to put yourself in stature. We say thank you. We love and let go. And the body's first impulse is to inhale. It's the body's way of saying thank you for giving me permission to be me. I breathe to acknowledge that. 
And the root of the word spirit, spiritus, in Latin means to breathe. I don't want to motivate. I want to inspire. Inspirare is to breathe into. The Hebrew word neshama means both soul and breath. So this is fundamental to mastery. It is fundamental to helping us claim our power. It's part of what I call in vocal awareness a mastery moment that we employ before we walk into a meeting, before we do a mm. presentation, whatever it is. Before walking in, we put ourselves in stature. We claim our persona statement, our brand. How do I want to be known? We think about what our vision is for this talk, our goals for this meeting. We say thank you. We allow slow, conscious, loving breath, which I haven't taught yet. And we walk in, embodying the integrity of whom we're capable of being. Not merely presenting, but being. But it all begins with stature, source and breath um, so that's that's really a fabulous exercise already and a reflection and you mentioned that you started as a classical singer or how how you yes. started yes as a classical singer mm -hmm. I, mean, I knew at four that music was my life I knew at 12 that singing was its direction, and at 15 I began studying singing. And my first teacher, to whom my first book, The Sound of the Soul, was dedicated, she was in her mid-70s, and I'm 15. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of my lessons, I would clamp my hands manically to my ears, Oscar, and I'd say, stop. Mm -hmm. No, I don't want to do it like that. I hear it this way. And she allowed this bizarre behavior because she knew something about me I didn't yet know. When I hear a voice, I hear who you are. I hear vocal sound differently than any individual I've ever met anywhere on the planet. When I hear a voice, I hear you. It's what I call perfect pitch. It's an imprint. It's instantaneous. And her lack of dogma allowed me to create two new forms. And vocal awareness is unlike any other communication or vocal training method in the world. And, and it all began because Mrs. Kinsel allowed me to clamp my hands to my ears and didn't call me crazy and stop doing that. <laughs> and now, as I said earlier, this is my 54th year of this work. Wow. And it is my passion. And, With my 73rd birthday this past January, I realized this is my legacy time. And so in that, this is a very important work. I don't say that from an ego perspective. I simply say it because it's the truth. And so I created a certification course because I really want to create a system where people can carry this work on beyond me and want to study it with me. So I've launched a certification course where people can actually apprentice in learning to teach vocal awareness wherever they are in the world. I 
returned. I was just in Beijing a month ago, mm-hmm. and I return in a month because there is a, an extraordinary woman there by the name of Yang Lan, whom Forbes magazine has identified as one of the 100 most powerful women in the world, who is now partnering with Vocal Awareness to create empowerment courses for her empowerment movement for women called Her Village. So I now get to take it to China. And it's been translated in Italian and Korean. and I get to teach all over the world and can't wait to translate it into Spanish, for goodness gracious, <laughs> and other languages as well. It just takes a long time. Sure, but I, I can I can see already the the impact of your of your work. It's fabulous. Thank you. I've never been to Scandinavia. Been lots of places. Wanted to go for years and years. So let's create a seminar and we'll do it in Finland, in downtown Helsinki. Sounds good. I'd love it. <laughs> love. It. Had to work on that then, yeah. <laughs> yes. You mentioned empowerment through voice and also that was the part of the title of your TEDx talk what, what does it mean what does it mean it's a great question thank you for asking Oscar when we're we're when we grow up one of the ways as infants for example we explore our universe we discover is through our voices we go gaga and goo goo And so we're six months old and we're sitting in church, synagogue, mosque, a temple, someplace where we're supposed to be quiet and respectful. Mm -hmm. And we're being held by our loved ones who gently pat us on our backs when we go gaga and goo-goo and say, shh. And socialization has begun. They don't do that to be harsh or critical. That's just part of the process of becoming socialized. You can't make noise in public in certain environments. <laughs> It's embarrassing. It disturbs people. Then parents fight. Siblings taunt. Teachers intimidate. All kinds of things happen in life. And far more grave experiences than that happen to at least 50, almost 50% of us globally from physical and emotional abuse until we reach adulthood. And we think we've chosen to be this when in point of fact we abdicated decades earlier. And so if I say to you, Oscar, vocal awareness is extraordinary work. It can help you change your life in moments. Now, that's a stupid and arrogant statement, you might think, because I sound like that. But if I say in response, Oscar, vocal awareness is extraordinary work. It can help you change your life in moments. That's not arrogant. That's my truth. Yeah, sounds sound sincere. Sounds like you feel that. And so I teach people that they don't need permission to own who they are. And so we create a persona statement. What is my brand? 
How do I want to be known? And it, the exercise has two parts to it. Actually, it has four parts. The first part is you answer the question, how do I believe I am presently perceived? And it is accompanied by a drawing. This is how I believe I'm presently perceived. The second question is, how do I want to be known? And that's also accompanied by a drawing, reflecting this is how I want to be known. Mm-hmm. And so it awakens us to a reality that vocal awareness teaches, that we actually have a choice. And I'm helping us discover that every single thing in life, Oscar, revolves only around two things, to choose to do something or to choose not to. Never matters how scary, how seemingly daunting. All that matters is how badly I want it. Even in abdication, I make a choice by walking away. But in vocal awareness, I'm only interested in does that choice empower me or disempower me. Accompanying this concept is the notion of the word hubris. Now, we know that word literally means extreme arrogance or blaspheming the gods. Nothing to aspire to. But a great athlete, a great artist in the moment of performance is completely hubristic. That athlete doesn't wonder, does the coach approve? Do my teammates like my performance? The artist on the stage doesn't wonder, does the audience like me? But in the rest of our lives, we get all these mixed messages. Oh, you shouldn't act like that. What will people think? Oh, that sounds arrogant. So when I stated what I stated the first time, of course that sounded arrogant. But when I reframed it appropriately, that was not arrogant. That's my truth. Mm -hmm. So I help us learn how to acquire the confidence and the skills through the Techniques of vocal awareness through the, the vocal warm-ups, the breathing techniques, what I've just shown you there, the vocal warm-up such as this. A fundamental exercise. You hear the change in my voice. You saw this in the TED Talk where we pull our tongue and do this yawn-sai exercise. We wake the dead. But it's a vocal warm-up, and a performer warms up before they perform, an athlete warms up before they compete. We use our voices to make our livings. Why do we ignore them? And so I teach us how, because it's part of communication mastery, to integrate mind, body, spirit, not simply in what we say, in who we are, and in what we do. So, of course, it's a mix of breathing, vocal exercises. And this concept that you mentioned, this hubri, that you said the, the athletes and the artists. Uh, yes, hubris, yes. Hubris. So that can be uh, learned. Absolutely. And when should we use it? All the time. All the time. I don't use it as an arrogant statement. Mm-hmm. 
we don't walk on the. We've been taught you have to get to know your audience. For example, well, how bogus information? What is that bogus information all about? What if I try to please this person? What if somebody else has another point of view? <laughs> sure, I can't serve them both. And then we're taught present, present. It's not a presentation. It's a performance. We look up the word in my last book, Vocal Leadership, Seven Minutes a Day to Communication Mastery. There's a glossary of root sources at the back of the book. One of the words is present, presentation, which literally means to introduce formally, to bring before the public. Mm. The root of the word performance, perform, literally means to carry out, fulfill, mm. to do. It is a performance. We've misconstrued it because someone is watching or listening. When we present, we bring inauthentic because we're seeking approval. From whom? Speak to the last row of the house. Make sure they can hear you. Well, all that does is raise the pitch and make me higher and faster. Why do I want to do that? Sociologists tell us the greatest fear in society is public speaking. Another stupid, bogus statement. The greatest fear in society are two fears, Oscar. Mm -hmm. Fear of abandonment and ownership of my power. Claiming who I am. When we hold our breath, when we wonder what you're thinking, all of the stuff we get stuck in the white noise. So Tony Robbins used to refer to my rituals as pattern interrupts. To create a new pattern, we have to exaggerate behavior to break an old one, he would say. And he would, so that's what he referred to my seven rituals as. And I would always disagree with a fundamental premise, I would say, Tony, you cannot empower people. That's arrogant. But you can help them empower themselves. That's this work. And so, and it's the structural foundation, the, the, the mind-body-spirit construct, every single piece of this work is designed to help us embody the integrity of who we are in every conversation, in every moment to the best of our ability, with no off switch. What sounds, uh, sounds quite fascinating, what you're saying, and also debunking some of these myths about public speaking. And you, you mentioned already, uh, for instance, I guess you've been working with Tony Robbins and some athletes. I would like to ask you a bit of that, your work you had. I know you work with Angelina Jolie, Sean Connery, people that caliber. Could you tell us a bit of that experience? What would you like me to say? What are the what are the things you learn by working with them, with coaching them? Their extraordinary commitment to excellence, mm -hmm. to doing whatever it takes. I have a theme in my work, Oscar. A champion does it differently. Now, we look up at the root of the word champion. It does not have anything to do with sports. It literally means dazzlingly skilled in any field. Dazzlingly skilled in any field. Mm -hmm. To be a champion, however, we must be audacious. Mm -hmm. That means courageous, intrepid, dedicated. These great athletes and performers are that. And I teach 
pursuant to that, that everything in life costs something. What price do we want to pay is the question. Mm. They're willing to do whatever it takes to be on the world stage at the highest levels. And in my relationships with them over all these years, the root of the word intimate means intrinsic or essential. The relationships are intimate. They're real. Mm-hmm. And, and they trust. I create very safe harbor in my studio. The relationship is sacrosanct. But wherever I teach in the world, in whatever language is translated into, in whatever walk of life, we all process this work the same. Because it's part of the human condition. And so, you know, it's just a joy in, at those levels to get to work with somebody who actually aspires to be their best, mm. unabashedly. And and what is the how would you how would you call the the type of relationship that you develop with these with these people? Same as I have with everyone, it's trustworthy. It's honest. Mm. It's it's real. Mm-hmm. Who would you say has been your most uh, rewarding or transformational uh, client? I I can't address that one too easily because you know do I speak about a client with spasmodic dysphonia which makes a, a severe stutter sound like they speak normally mm. sing and speak normally do I speak about a holocaust survivor from World War II whom I help them find their voice do I speak about a client whom I helped through the campaign video in our early training, become a U.S. senator? Do I speak about eight or nine years of my work with Arnold Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. or Pierce Brosnan? Or I don't, I'm not able to calibrate it in that way because then it becomes hierarchical and it puts one over another, and that's not how I work. I'm just so honored to get to do this work and I serve the work, capital W. And so I have had, I've taught deaf, I've literally taught deaf people to sing. So there are so many rewarding experiences over these five plus decades. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I can imagine just from the few ones that you mentioned, I can imagine how, how many you have had. Could you now share with us what are your favorite quotation? Two come to mind. Mm-hmm. One is by the Nobel laureate Thomas Mann, who said that solitude gives birth to the original in us, to beauty unfamiliar and perilous, to poetry. Mm. And another one is from the Nobel Prize-winning poet, the Irish poet Seamus Heaney, who the last stanza of his poem, Personal Helicon, is in, closes my first book, 
Sound of the Soul. When in this stanza he says, I rhyme to hear myself, to set a darkness echoing. That's vocal awareness. Hmm. Both, that, both are really very poetic, of course, they're poems and Thanks for sharing those, actually. You're welcome. <laughs> Haven't heard them before. I also would like to hear with, from you if you can recommend us one book that has been particularly inspiring or influential for you. What would you say? There are so many. Mm. <laughs> one that comes to mind is Don Quixote. Uh -huh. Our youngest son gave it to me years ago with a note saying it's it's a classic for a reason, Dad. Mm -hmm. And because Cervantes invented all of those forms, and he invented the novel. It is the second most translated book in the world behind the Bible. And when I finished reading all five or six hundred pages, mm -hmm. I started over because I didn't want it to be done. Wow. And... And what he went through to write it, the decades of writing it, through a couple of wars, through being imprisoned as a prisoner of war, poverty, losing the use of his right arm, on and on, he never stopped writing. Because in vocal awareness teaches the act of surrender. That word means to yield or to give back, to be in service. Mm -hmm. And aside from the fact that it's simply great literature, it inspires me for those other reasons as well. Don Quixote. Yes. Still haven't read it. I read only uh, some excerpts, so I have to... Well, you get to read it in Spanish, man. Yes. It's exquisite <laughs> English, I can't imagine. It's like reading Gabriel Garcia Marquez, Love in the mm. Time of Cholera. Yes. It's so beautiful in English, I can't imagine what it's like in Spanish. Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's true. Yes. And I would like to end with, uh, if you could share with us an exercise, something actionable, practical, that you would recommend us do it regularly, a routine to shine. I already have. So we, we write down on a piece of paper, stature, and we slowly and gracefully, from three inches below our navel, pull a thread. Right up through the middle of our head, through the top of our crown chakra, slowly, gracefully, will take 10 to 15 seconds. And we embody ourselves in stature. Two, we say thank you before walking in to Source, God, or ourselves, and embrace the thought. We create our persona statement, how do I want to be known? Four, we write our vision statement. What is the contribution I want to make? Then we attach a goal statement and timeline. If this is where I am in the beginning of Q3 2019, where do I want to be a year from now? And if that's where I want to be July 2nd, 2020, where do I need to be by May, June, February, December, to get there. So because one of the paradigms is that structure does not impinge, it liberates. 
Freedom without direction is chaos. So there is so much I could recommend we do from a pragmatic perspective, but let me just leave it at those principles for right now. Hmm. Yeah, thanks a lot. You started with the stature. Is that's one that's one of the things that I remember the most from your TEDx talk? Yeah, the stature. I remember I can I can remember how you did it also in the in that video. Uh, fantastic people also. Want, you know, if people go to my website, vocalawareness.com, I know you wanted me to share how to reach me. Mm -hmm. They'll see it on there and, and work with it. And look at a lot of looks read the articles and study the content. Join my certification program. Become part of what I call the human achievement movement. And help me fulfill my vision of changing the world through voice. And also only to your audience. I, I, I love doing these podcasts because I can't change the world through voice by myself. So I get to reach audiences and, and to your audience, I offer a very special opportunity to get one of my courses called visual voice Pro, where I teach us how to make voice visual in this video program. I interact with you one-on-one -on -one doing the exercises that I'm talking about and others that I would, would teach, and then teaching you how to make your language come to life visually. And to your audience, I offered it a 50% discount. Not available available anywhere else and in no other time, only right now. So I would really encourage people to take advantage. And yeah, thanks so, a lot for that offer. I will it's going to be on the show notes of this episode. And if anybody ever wants to reach out to me, they can reach out to me at support at vocalawareness.com and my team forwards me every email. And I personally answer every email. So feel free. Again, thanks a lot, uh, Arthur, for this fascinating interview, knowing much more about your work, the fabulous work that you're doing and the impact that it has in our voices and in our lives. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share. God bless and take great care, Oscar. It's been a pleasure. All the best, Arthur. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Did you like it? Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or visit us at timetoshinepodcast.com. Until next time, 